This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hello and welcome to our Squeeze the Election series, your shortcut to the 2022 federal election. One of the big themes this election is integrity and transparency, and one area that critics have said for ages needs a bit more sunlight is the funding that our political parties and independent candidates receive, and particularly donations in the federal arena. So let's get across the sorts of fundings there are in Australian politics and the problems that have been identified. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. Just before we start today's episode, a note for clarity, we're going to be talking about political funding at the federal level. Our states and territories have their own rules. It's just another area where the Commonwealth has one set of rules and the states and territories have another. It's something we've become very familiar with during the pandemic. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) Let's start at the top. Political funding in Australia covers three main areas, donations, public funding and the income political parties generate off their own bats. The most controversial of those three things is donations, and we'll get into that in detail in a second. But across it all, the main game for the parties and the candidates is to have enough money to win the election. Yeah, just like most companies are there to make a profit, politicians are there to win elections. And sure, the parties are there to support candidates who align to their worldview on policy development and coming up with plans they think are the best to push Australia forward. Uh, But the best way they can realise their plans is to be in government. And to win government, you have to fight and win expensive election campaigns. And they sure are expensive. The political parties don't declare how much they spend on elections, but you can look at what they declare to the Electoral Commission and make some assumptions. And based on that sleuthing, looking back at the 2019 election campaign, Clive Palmer's United Australia Party was by far and away the biggest spender. The billionaire's mineralogy company donated $83.6 million to its campaign and it didn't win a single seat. After that election, Palmer said that was fine because what his campaign did achieve was keeping Bill Shorten and Labor out of office. He believed the coalition was better for the country at that point in time. But uh, what about the others? So Labor's filing to the Electoral Commission revealed a $50 million war chest and the Liberals had $48 million. Meanwhile, the Nationals declared less than $400,000 in income in the 2020 financial year, uh, which was a worrying low for the now Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce. Yeah, he wasn't leader last time around and he warned his colleagues, you're not going to be able to run a political party on lamington drives. Claire, we've talked about public funding of campaigns before, but just recap that now. Yeah, so the idea is that providing public funding to the parties for elections reduces the influence of private citizens. Uh, The major parties get about a third of their funding that way. And for the 2019 campaign, that amounted to almost $70 million that was paid out by the Electoral Commission. Uh, All candidates that get more than 4% of the vote in the House of Reps get public dollars. You mentioned another way political parties fund themselves is to generate their own income. 
How do they do that, considering that Joyce has ruled out lamington drives? Yeah, but I do love a lamington, I have to say. I know. (laughs) The major parties have been around for a while uh, and they have some wealthy people in their orbit. In the past, they've helped set the parties up to get investments and property uh, and they are assets that they still hold today and they get income via dividends and rents or asset sales. And there are trusts and fundraising vehicles that are attached to these parties that also contribute those dollars. Yep, these are multi-million dollar and sometimes complex ventures. But the area of funding that gets the most attention is donations. Let's focus in on that now. Okay, political donations, let's get into it. The majority of the spending on elections is raised from donations from private donors, as well as fundraising events and entities associated with the major parties. Private donors can be people like you or me and also businesses, uh, and that can just be literally transferring the money uh, to the party or to a specific candidate, uh, or it's a donation made via maybe attending an event. Uh, That happens a lot, particularly in the year leading up to an election. If you're the leader of a party or a senior member, your diary is just chock-a-block full with fundraising drinks and dinners. And attending those drinks and dinners can cost invitees upwards of $10,000 if there's just a few people sitting around the table. If there are bigger events, it might be in the hundreds of dollars. They're not cheap. No, but what they're paying for is access to those in power uh, or to the team who has a chance of being in power. And the criticism is that how those donations are reported needs to be clearer, that there needs to be greater transparency around what people are asking for in return turn. There's also conferences that the parties put on. These are big affairs and businesses pay to attend them. Yeah, those people who attend on behalf of the corporates are called business observers and the parties put on special programs for them to mix with delegates, MPs, senators, senior party members. Uh, It's all part of the dance that they do to exchange networking for financial support. And this is where things get a bit murky in the system. Is paying a fee to attend a conference a donation or, you know, just the cost of doing business? Yeah, and it's the same for those people going to those dinners and drinks. Uh, They are not classified as donations, but they're called other receipts by the Australian Electoral Commission. Uh, And part of the party's jobs is to make things as easy as possible for individuals and businesses to give their financial support while also minimising the public fallout that might come from being seen to be a supporter of one side of politics or a candidate over another. One way they manage that is by donating below the reportable limit. Just explain how that works. Yeah, so a significant chunk of the total funding received by the major parties and candidates, including independents, remains a complete mystery. And that's because the donations fall below the threshold of $14,500. Above that threshold, the donor's name must be disclosed to the Electoral Commission. And multiple donations can be made by one person or a company beneath that threshold. And that's a big criticism of the system. Another is the timing of how donations are reported. Yeah, real-time transparency on donations and fundraising at the federal level is something that critics would really like to see. Uh, Just as an indication of how slow that is, what happens during this election campaign will not be revealed to the public by the Electoral Commission until early next year. 
so well and truly after the election has been run and won. Claire, what else are the experts saying about this campaign? Probably the one thing to note is that Clive Palmer is set to spend upwards of $100 million. Uh, That's prompted calls for a cap on what one individual or company can spend on a campaign. Uh, And the other thing to note is that in some big fights, the candidates, individual candidates, will spend $2 million on their campaign. Uh, All up, that could see the election cost the parties and the candidates somewhere around $500 million. Makes it a very expensive exercise indeed. I'm still thinking on paying $10,000 for a dinner. You would hope it was a very, very delicious dinner. (laughs) Okay, Claire, that's a bit about the money that makes the campaign go round. Yeah, it's a big deal and transparency about money and funding uh, is central to the platforms of Labor and also the Climate 200 candidates. Uh, Not that they're volunteering to be more transparent about their funding this time around. Yeah, they say they want everyone in the same tent before they do that. Remember, you can ask the Squiz if there's something about the election you'd like to know more about. Maybe what's on the menu of a $10,000 dinner. I really got to move on from thinking about that now. (laughs) And we will do our best to answer your questions. We'll be learning along with you. Send those through to hello at thesquiz.com.au or you can send them to us on social media as well. You can find us at The Squiz. Thanks for listening. Until next time. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit nordvpn.com forward slash squiz today.